Guys, have you ever been in a rut? You're going through a difficult time and honestly, just getting out of bed seems like a lot of work. You know, here's the truth is that we all go through gut-wrenching times in our life and it may be hard to accept the fact that we have to actually get out of our own way. We really are the only ones that are going to be able to do the work to really change how we feel. And I know if you're listening to this right now, then you know deep down that you're actually capable. You're not going to blame or sulk anymore. You're ready to make some change. And here's the first thing that you must do. You must actually invest in yourself. That is not wishful, hopeful thinking. That is the truth. If you invest in yourself, things will actually change. If you don't, then nothing will. And I know that you're better than that. That's not who you are. You're not a person that just sits on the sidelines of life. You just need a little bit of help to start getting you going. So I want to offer you a chance to start my 30 day mindset makeover course. This has something for everyone. And frankly, you will need every single one of these days at some point in time, you will get 30 days of videos, PDFs, reading material. This is a forever course. It will help you no matter what you are going through in life. Links are below. Don't waste your time. Invest in yourself today. Hey guys, welcome back to Heal, Survive, and Thrive. We are going to talk about the aftermath of cheating. Um, Unfortunately, this is something that I know a lot about. So I want to talk about this because if you have been affected by someone betraying you, someone cheating, someone jumping ship, you'll know it's probably one of the hardest things to go through. It's definitely an intense process. And when you first find out, it's like it's just not even a real thing. You just can't believe it. You're actually experiencing such a traumatic event And that is something that I just really want to stress. I want you to understand the importance of that you are actually going through trauma right now. And I think sometimes people don't understand what trauma is. They look at it as this really big catastrophic thing, you know, whether you get into a car accident or whether you were uh, abused, physically abused. Yes, all of those are traumas, but going through such a quick change where you look at someone completely differently where you don't trust the person anymore. It's just like this like sudden flip in your mind. And it's something that you can't even really process in real time. There's so many different emotions that you feel when you are going through cheating, when you're, and this has nothing to do with whether or not you want to stay together or whether or not you want to work it out, or maybe the person doesn't want to work it out with you and they want to leave the relationship, or you just know that you can't ever be with this person ever again. It doesn't really matter the situation. It's going to cause PTSD. It just is. It's going to cause you to have post-traumatic stress. And I want you to figure out, well, I want to help you in this podcast to understand PTSD in terms of cheating, and I want you to be able to fully process what it means to, or let alone how you can feel when you're going through this, the rawness, the uncomfortableness, the ebbs and flows, the emotional roller coaster ride that you go through when you experience any kind of cheating, whether it's something that is just like a one-time thing or something that has been happening for months, weeks, days, years, and you're just realizing it now. And I, I just, I find that this is something that we don't really help people on. We talk a lot about, or you hear 
people talk about cheating and affairs and things like that. And, oh, this person's not worth it. And this is why they did what they did. And, and all those things are great to hear, but how do we actually recover? What are the things that you're going to possibly struggle with at some point and how can you start to kind of put the pieces together and move on and this is again regardless of whether or not you actually want to stay with someone i remember finding out that my ex-husband had actually had an affair um while i was pregnant and i don't think it really hit me for a while after because i was i was just honestly i was just in such shock and i was probably six months out from having my son. Um, he had asked me for a divorce a month after I had him, which was, I mean, now like even like saying that, that sounds so ridiculous. Like who even does that? But a month after I had him, he probably moved out three months after I had him. And then it was six months after that, or six months total from the time I had my son. Six months later, I found out about the affair. And it wasn't really, we were kind of going through the divorce process where we were starting to divide things up. And, you know, you take the couch, you take this. And one night I was kind of going through our iPad that we shared. And I was just deleting apps because he was going to take the iPad. I was going to keep the computer. And I was going through the text messages, which you guys know, if you have an iPad, you can turn the text messaging off. And of course we had it off, but for some reason there were messages that had came through. There was like three messages. And so I was going through them because the names weren't saved on the iPad. So they were just telephone numbers and I didn't recognize the telephone numbers. And so when I looked at it and I read the message, it was between him and her. And I was like, what? And now this was in June and I had my son in December and the text messages were in, or yeah, December. And I had the text messages were in September that I was reading. So clearly this was going on while I was pregnant with my son, which again, just even saying that out loud is so incredibly hurtful and ridiculous. And if there's anyone listening, all the ladies that are listening right now to this, you know, and if you've had children, you know that when you're pregnant, there's a period where, yes, you probably might really enjoy it. And then there's a period where you feel so uncomfortable in your own skin. You don't feel like yourself. You are gaining weight and you don't feel attractive anymore. And so you're in such a vulnerable position, you're in such a vulnerable state or phase of your life that you're going through, and you already don't feel the best about yourself. You're so uncomfortable and you're giving everything you have to carrying this child and being a mom. And for someone to do that at that phase, I guess it doesn't really matter what phase you're going through, but for me, especially that phase where you are the most vulnerable and you are needing and wanting people to be there and take care of you. It's just, it still like boggles my mind that people actually can do those things. And I remember when I was going through my stuff, I didn't really ever hear about anyone else going through what I was going through at the time I was going through it, meaning I never really heard anyone who had gotten cheated on or, you know, their partner had an affair while they were pregnant. And of course, 
when I kind of became a coach and I started my YouTube channel and I really started talking about these things, or honestly, I just got on the phone with you guys and was coaching clients, I realized just actually how common this is. So for me, it was hard to kind of like wrap my head around the fact that this person was doing all of these things behind my back while I was carrying his child, while we were married, while I was carrying his child. So it just, it was such a behind my back betrayal. It was at a time where I just needed this person so badly. It was at a time where all I wanted was to be pregnant. I was so happy I was pregnant. I was so ready to be a mom. I was just starting my marriage and this life and literally the rug was just pulled out from underneath me. I remember confronting him and of course he denied it, which I don't know how you can even possibly deny something that is blatantly right in my face and I can read it or I can see it. But I think that's just people's defense mechanism is just to go to the place of just denying first and not really owning it or taking responsibility. But you just, you can deny it. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't. And so he denied it for a little bit, but of course I had proof. And so, you know, that game didn't really last too long, but The worst part for me was that he worked with her. And the worst part is that he had an affair with someone and she knew he was married. So now let's take this to like the next level because as a woman, as a human being, if I knew this person, so I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that he could do this, but then I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that she could do this, that she knew he was married, that she knew that... I was carrying his child. I just, still to this day, I don't understand what goes on in a woman or a man's mind that says, yes, this sounds like a good idea. I don't even understand the story that a person could possibly spin to make this sound like this was somewhat okay. You know, every betrayal is so different and it comes with its own set of circumstances and challenges. Not every person that goes through cheating or experiences their partner having an affair is in the same situation. Like I said, is gonna go through the same stuff, but when you're married and you have kids and that's just on another level of problems and challenges because you still have to co-parent. You still have to deal with this person on some levels. It's not like we're in our 20s and maybe we just share friends or I'm going to see you in class or maybe I do work with you, but maybe we're in our 30s and we're not married and we weren't even living together. So every situation is so, so different. And it's incredibly difficult. And to be honest, I look back and I don't even know how I got through it. I don't even know how I got through it as easy as I did. That still, I think to this day, kind of boggles my mind. I think I knew really early on in my process, in my experience, and I'll tell you, this is probably one of the biggest things that I really wanted to help people on because I did know people in my own personal life that experienced cheating, experienced affairs, experienced betrayals, you know, emotional abuse, things like that, and it really made them bitter. It completely... I don't want to say ruined them because I don't want to be that extreme with it, but they let it just really take over their life and it consumed their life. And I knew early on, even in my own situation, as ridiculous as it was, that it was ridiculous. And I understood really quickly 
who he was, probably the type of person she was. And, and so I kind of logically understood it. I never once did the blame game where I sat there and I said, well, I wasn't good enough or I wasn't pretty enough or I didn't do this well enough or I was nagging or I was, I knew none of the, I knew all that was BS. I knew that nothing that I did would have warranted that behavior. And I knew that that behavior was him and his issues and his insecurities and all of that. And I never once took it on. I think for me, the hardest thing to go through was trusting again and understanding codependency and understanding narcissism and understanding healthy relationships and and not taking on the, I guess, projection or the way that this person wanted to continuously hurt me even after they left. I think that was really hard. I had to learn how to control my emotions. I had to learn how to respond to situations and experiences and not just react constantly. I had to learn how to not let someone who was probably insecure get the better of me because I I just, there were so many lessons that I had to learn that, and it took time. And I tell people all the time, when you're going through these experiences, no matter what your challenges and what your circumstances are, there are going to be things that you are trying to learn. There's a reason why this is happening. And usually it's to actually get you to where you really want to be and not keep you stuck where you are. Um, A lot of it is learning really painful lessons that you just haven't been able to learn or things that you had to heal. A lot of things that I was healing from weren't really caused by him Yes, the trust issues and all that kind of stuff, of course, that was a trigger because when you're cheated on, of course, you're going to have trust issues now. But a lot of the trust issues I had even before I ever even met him. So a lot of things that I was healing from, I was trying to heal in general from a lifetime of experiences, not just this one experience. And I think that I wanted to be a mom so badly that I didn't want this experience for me personally to ruin that experience for me. And the hardest part was of course, trying to trust again and rebuild and work on myself. I wasn't in you know, the market to just go out and start dating again. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm not built that way. I needed a minute to decompress. I had nothing to give anyone other than what I could give myself and of course what I was giving to my son. And I just relished in that phase of my life. And I didn't look at the phase of my life of me being a single mom and going through this as, oh my God, I'm going to be here forever. I knew that this was just a season of my life that I was going through and I wanted to wholeheartedly make the best of it and just enjoy it. But because of my circumstance and situation that I was in, the hardest thing for me was doing it alone when of course the dream was to have someone there with me to do it with me. And if you're a single parent, you know that the hardest part is not having someone to share those experiences with, not having a person that you could call and say, oh my God, look, he just took his first step or, oh my God, this happened. There, There's a divide now that happens because you obviously don't trust the person or maybe you can't talk to the person about what it is that you're going through. You're not sharing life together anymore. And when you're not sharing life with the person that you created life with in that way, that's painful. That was probably the hardest part for me was to do those aspects alone. Um, 
But in terms of the cheating and the things that I really struggled with, it was definitely a process to learn how to trust someone again. And it sounds so ridiculous and so corny, but I really had to learn how to trust myself. I had to learn how to have higher standards for myself, for the people in my life. I had to learn how to, I had to learn what a healthy relationship was supposed to look like and feel like. I had to learn how to understand what is it that I really value in a person, a friend, a partner, the character traits. I had Discover the remarkable journey of Anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious, or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. I had to understand the type of relationship or marriage that I possibly wanted going forward. I had to really like reassess a lot of things about myself and my life that I don't think I did before. Actually, I know I didn't do before. And I don't think most people do those things. I think that's what kind of gets them in trouble is they don't realize that they're going into life not really knowing who they are, not really knowing what it is that they want, not really being healthy, having all of these past wounds and experiences that they haven't healed from. And when all of this is kind of piling up and piling up, you're always going to get involved with someone who you shouldn't be getting involved with. Of course, the aftermath, the rawness of what I was going through was, oh my God, the screaming and the crying and the yelling and the confusion, you know, like, how could he do this to me? How could I not see this happening? Um, even though I think looking back, I definitely saw red flags a hundred percent. My intuition was talking very loudly. Uh, and I just didn't listen. I just didn't listen. I didn't see, they weren't red flags that I had been accustomed to. So for me, the red flag was, you know, was he yelling and screaming? Was he violent? Was he an alcoholic? Was he this? Was he that? And so when, when I didn't see those things of him being really toxic and unhealthy, I didn't also see the other things, the gaslighting, the manipulation, the shaming, you know, do we share the same values? And that doesn't make that person toxic, but I didn't see the things that now looking back, the emotional immaturity, the FOMO, the trying to keep up with the Joneses, I, I didn't see anything unhealthy in either of us, to be honest with you. I didn't see my wounds. I didn't see his wounds. I just saw very surface level things, which again, I think most people do when they start dating. They don't really look into deeply into the character of a person to see whether or not this person's actually a good person and is self-aware and is healthy and is working on themselves. Most people don't go into dating looking for that type of a person. They go into it looking for what they can get themselves, a partner, comfort, stability, financial stability, someone to share a child with, to have children with. So, and those things are really important, but 
when you make these really important life decisions about who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, I think when you get older, you don't look for the fluff stuff anymore and you start to get like really deep into what is what is it going to take for or what kind of a friend am I really looking for? And what does a good friend actually mean to me? How should they show up? How should I show up? How do we communicate with each other? Do honestly, do we respect each other? That's probably one of the biggest things I always tell people in relationships, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're in a you know long-term relationship, do you wholeheartedly respect the person in front of you? For me, my answer was no. <laughs> I didn't really respect the person. And and clearly that person did not respect me. So when you don't respect each other, when you're coming from wounds, then yeah, you're going to get linked up with people that are just not good for you. But having to realize that, okay, what was really going on here was the fact that I was dealing with so much uncomfortableness and pain that I had to figure out ways on how to cope with how I felt. I didn't want to yell and scream and get all kinds of aggravated and mad. And that's fine to be in that space. It's normal and it's part of the process, but I had to learn like, where do I go next with this? How do I turn this situation into something positive? How can I learn? What am I supposed to actually be learning from this situation? Those were the things that I'm like, okay, if I have to go through this and I'm in pain and I'm trying to work through all of this and it's really messy, one day I'm totally fine, one day I'm crying my eyes out, one day I'm coping, one day I feel like I'm not even like, you know, getting my head above water and all of this going ebbing and flowing and going back and forth. And, and then of course, co-parenting on top of that. I mean, trying to heal from something that you're going through and having to still see the person for me almost every single day. I know working on yourself is not easy. I know it is not easy to go through probably one of the most difficult times in your life, and we will all be there at many points in our lives. This month, I wanna help everyone by offering you 30% off all of my online courses. I want you to be able to do coaching with me at your own pace, in the comfort of your own home. This information will not only be informative, but I want you to feel inspired. I want you to feel empowered. I want you leaving, truly believing and knowing that things are gonna get better. I want you to leave also with the tools to really start turning your life around. What are the little things every day and the big things that you have to start really focusing on? Take advantage of this amazing offer by clicking the link for any of the courses down below and using code 30 off at checkout. Enjoy guys. I don't, I don't wish that on anyone, but yet I think it's such a good thing to face this person and these interactions. I'll tell you, I don't think I would have learned everything that I learned had I not had to see this person as much as I did. I just wouldn't. If I didn't have to see him pulling up with his girlfriend, if I didn't have to see, um, just him with my son and how that made me feel. If I didn't have to engage with this person and communicate, 
if I didn't have to do any of those things, I wholeheartedly don't think I would know what I know now because I was forced to be in those situations where when people say go no contact and I'm never going to see you again and out of sight, out of mind. Yes, of course, there's still aftermath of what you've been through that you have to deal with, but you don't, you don't have to go to like the next level with it. You don't have to learn how to now communicate with this person or see this person and get triggered by this person. What I want to make sure that you really understand is if you're going through this, you cannot, and I know this is easier said than done, but you can't blame yourself for not having saw the signs. You would never have been able to see them because you trusted this person. When you trust a person, you, you don't, you're not looking for signs. And even if you do see something and sometimes it hits you right in the head, you still don't want to believe that it's true because you love someone, because you trust them. So you cannot blame yourself for not being strong enough, for not seeing this, for not... You just can't worry about the past and why you did what you did or why you didn't do what you did. That's, again, you just wouldn't never be able to not trust the person that you're spending your life with or in a relationship with because if you didn't trust them and you were constantly looking for signs, guess what? That's a sign of a wound that's unhealed. That means you have trust issues. That means that you're looking for flaws so you can run away. That means that you're scared of vulnerability. So you really have to like just let that go because you're not going to be able to go back in time and change anything. You really have to learn how to actually just forgive yourself for not knowing what you know now and understanding that you would have never been able to see those signs because you didn't want to see them. One of the consuming thoughts for me, I think that kind of went around and around, and I hear this a lot from you guys that have gone through very similar situations, is this like obsession with the other person. And a lot of people will struggle with their confidence and their self-esteem if they think that this person is better looking than them or better than them in some way. It really, really affects their self-esteem. I have to be honest, for me personally, I was never really obsessed with oh my God, does she look better than me? Oh my God, this and that. You know, for me, she she was younger than me. And I that just wasn't ever something that was an obsession in my mind. I think the only obsessive thought that I have or had was how could this person do this? How could this person, this other woman, believe these stories? How could this person think that this situation is okay. I think from a woman's perspective, I can't understand how anyone could ever spin anything in a way that would make me feel as though that he's the victim and that this situation is perfectly normal and it's okay to do this. That So that I think kind of consumed me personally. And then of course, like diving into why did he do this and not and why did he do this and that question i didn't attach myself to that question i didn't say how could he do this meaning i did something wrong i wanted to know like how what's going on inside of this person that thought that this was okay to do and in what ways even if he wasn't happy whatsoever why didn't he just leave the relationship? <laughs> That's what I never, ever understood with cheating, especially with affairs where something is going on for a long period of time. 
just leave the relationship. But some people, they don't want to leave the relationship. They fear leaving the relationship. They sometimes want to have their cake and eat it too. They feel as though that they're entitled to both things. Some people don't feel as though that there is anything wrong with jumping ship and doing whatever they want to do. And it goes back to selfishness. It goes back to immaturity. It goes back to trying to get things outside of yourself that you're not giving yourself. It goes back to so many things and and learning those things really helped me to not blame myself for why someone did what they did and that it had absolutely nothing to do with me. So like learning those concepts, I'm telling you, that was like an eye opener for me. It helped in so many different ways, you know, with the trust issues that I think a lot of people just will have. I'm telling you the aftermath of going through this. It just sucks. I'm not going to lie. I don't think anyone walks away from these experiences with with absolutely no trust issues. I mean, how can you not? Someone that you really loved and trusted betrayed you in such a way. And even if you don't understand that it wasn't your fault or even better that you even dodged a bullet, you still have something you're going to have to deal with because a person that you trusted broke that trust. I couldn't even fathom trusting a person again. I think it's something that we all experience, but the truth is it wasn't about trusting others. It was about knowing the signs of a healthy and unhealthy relationship. I really wanted to understand what did it mean to be in a healthy relationship and what did, you know, really even logically understand what does an unhealthy relationship look like and not just coming from a place of, oh my God, this person's a raging alcoholic or drug addict and they're beating this person every single day. No, it was, it was about learning, honestly, just what does it mean to be a good friend? Because if you think about it, what you're looking for is you're looking for your best friend. You're not in the market. I, I, well, I don't want to say you're not in the market, but it starts with that foundation. It starts with, again, do I respect you? Do you respect me? And I had to deal with, understand, or I had to learn about those two things, but I also wanted to deal with pain. How do I deal with pain? How do I, I'm being, I'm uncomfortable right now. I'm sad. I'm mourning. I'm grieving. How do I deal with how I feel in, in that area? Oh my gosh, I wholeheartedly learned how to self-soothe. I had to because at some point, all the friends and family that I had, they can't hear about this all day, every day. That's not fair for them, but I was going through it all day, every day. And so when I wasn't on the phone with someone or when I was like, okay, it's been a very long time now, I'm not gonna keep talking about this. I had to learn to deal with how I felt. That was one of the biggest lessons that I learned. I think that's really where the self-parenting stuff came for me, where I was like, okay, I have to learn how to validate myself. I can't judge myself for still feeling sad, or I can't judge myself for not being like over it yet. I wasn't over it, and and that was okay. And I didn't shame myself for feeling the way I felt. And I think that that's something that I offer clients when I'm talking to them, but it's also something that I talk about so, so often is that the minute you start judging yourself, you're going to make yourself feel bad for the way you feel, and then you're going to start suppressing how you feel. And if you suppress how you feel and you're not really dealing with how you feel, then guess what? It's going to stay stuck inside of you. But the quicker that you can just acknowledge that you feel something, not shame it, not judge it, not put a label on it, the sooner it'll actually start to move through you. 
Now for the people that they really feel like their self-esteem was hit, I think for me after my experience, and I think this really happened because honestly I was pregnant and I just had a baby and I already felt gross, (laughs) but I immediately hired a personal trainer. I didn't care. I was like, I'm worth it. I am going to start going to the gym. And I remember meeting with my trainer. I don't even know what we were doing, what exercise it was, but it was something very painful. (laughs) Let's just say that. And he had already heard my story. He knew what I was going through any kind. And I just wanted to like quit. I was like, oh my God, I'm only going to do like, I don't know, whatever, 10 reps. And he wanted 15 or 20. I don't know what it was. And I remember him leaning over and he was like, your ex-husband just left you (laughs) for another woman. And I was like, okay, (laughs) just like kept going and kept going. But I got in such good shape. I think part of it was working out. Part of it was stress. Part of it was a lack of sleep also. But I started to feel better. And I realized at that moment just how fundamental working out was. I never done it before. I never was a gym person. I always had to go to the gym with someone else. And I just said, screw it. I'm going to start doing this by myself. I was with Ryan, my son all the time. He was a little baby. So the minute I could put him in the little daycare or I had my mom watch him or had a sitter, I would just go to the gym and it was literally like my therapy. And when people say, working out as my therapy, it's, it a hundred percent is that. And then of course you get the benefit of actually starting to like look better and feel better, but I needed it. I needed it so badly. I didn't need to do yoga or do for me personally, I didn't want to do Pilates or I didn't want to do anything that was a little too Zen. I needed to like hit something. (laughs) I was wanted to do boxing. I wanted to run. I wanted to do weights. I wanted to really push myself and Oh my God, I loved it. So let me just put a little emphasis on, if you are going through this right now, hit the gym. It will make you feel so good. I can't tell you how many times I had the headset on and I was just like envisioning this person and I was getting so enraged and it felt so good to just release all of that. Um, And it helped me to sleep better. It helped me to sleep better. It helped me to feel better, to look better. So for me, helping my self-esteem was, okay, I want to get my physical body in shape. I want to feel good about myself again. I want to get back to me. I started doing my nails regularly. I started getting facials all the time. I just wholeheartedly started taking care of myself. And regardless of your financial situation, you can just start investing more time in yourself. So whether it's physically taking care of yourself or giving yourself 20 minutes to go on a really peaceful walk or whether it was, you know, taking a tub every night, there was just some like routines and rituals that I started doing that were just helped me to make me feel better. And if I started to feel sad, I felt sad and I dealt with it and I I cried and I felt it and then I soothed myself and I just moved on. And that's really all it is, is just taking one step at a time. And over time, the more you're taking care of yourself, the more you will start to feel better. I think the comparison game a lot of people will sometimes play where they get cheated on and the person starts comparing themselves to the person that their ex-partner is either with now and it can be something that is so incredibly consuming and i will say it becomes an addiction it becomes a drug to just constantly want to go back to 
am I more attractive to this than this person? And are they more successful? Uh, are they more likable or desirable? And what's wrong with me? And not really coming from a lot of self-acceptance to say it doesn't matter who this person is, what they look like, what personality they have, what career they have, or whatever. It's not about me being better than them. It's just about me being healthy, me accepting who I am and that I don't want to be like anyone else and just owning that. I think that's when you start to have really healthy confidence within yourself and you really start to like love yourself and like yourself is when it's okay to be who you are and you fully own it and you own it in such a calm way that, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps as I say it because that's just such contagious good energy and that's the stuff that makes you really attractive first of all, but it also just brings the sense of like peace and calm to you because you're not trying to be like anything else. You know who you are and you're owning that. When you're going through the grieving process, I don't I don't think I went through like any straight denial. I think I was just in complete shock that this is what's happening to me. And but I do think a lot of people go through the denial phase where possibly they're trying to fix themselves or look at me, appreciate me, value me because they're not facing what the realities are. Um, of course, then there's anger. Of course, there's the, I guess like bargaining maybe where they're trying to make this person realize that they're a catch, that they're a good person. And I'm telling you, if someone doesn't see your value, and again, for me, I think I early on knew this. I was like, look, if you don't know that I'm a good person, if you don't know that I'm a great wife, I'm a great friend, I'm a great mother, I, I am a good person. We all have flaws, we all have stuff, but I come from straight love and a good space. And if you don't value what I bring to the table, I was kind of okay with this person jumping ship and leaving. I'm like, if you feel like you need to do that, then you need to do that. I think for me, the sadness was the breaking of the family. And the idea that I thought I was going to have this life and this family dynamic and this husband. So, and I say this to people all the time that are going through breakups, that are going through divorces, is, is it really the person that you're mourning or is the idea of, you know, that person and what it is that you thought you had? I think most people struggle with the idea, then they struggle with actually the person themselves because, the person themselves is pro probably has treated you like crap. You probably don't have the same values or share the same values. They probably don't respect you. Quite honestly, you probably don't really respect them. So when it boils down to it, who are you? What are you actually grieving? And even that, understanding what I was really grieving and what I wasn't grieving—that it wasn't him, it wasn't any of those things. It was just the relationship in general. It wasn't specifically a person. I think when people get too consumed with the comparison and the anger, it can definitely lead to anxiety. It can definitely lead to stress. It can definitely lead to depression. And that's where the rebuilding comes into play. I when When you're healing and you're going through something, you have to be able to separate how you feel versus what you should be doing. 
and doing what you should be doing regardless of how you feel. That not every day I wanted to get up and go to the gym. Not every day I wanted to get up, quite frankly. I think for me, because my son was so little and he needed me, it was a reason to smile in the morning. And sometimes when you're going through this and you're alone and you don't have a reason to smile in the morning other than you know, just being with yourself, you have to learn how to find reasons and passions and hobbies and friends. And sometimes it means you have to get out of your comfort zone in order to really build those things in your life. A a huge part of going through this is, and I think it's one of the phrases that I say all the time, it's that catchphrase of healing and rebuilding. The two go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And healing is not like, oh my God, I need to heal in order to rebuild. No, you're doing both at the same time and it's messy. One day you're rebuilding and you feel great and the next minute you're crying and you're healing and you're going through this process. And for me, I don't think it's, I don't think you ever fully heal from something. It's not like, okay, I'm, I fully have healed from this and it's never affecting me ever again. No, I think it's kind of like a death. I think when it first happens, it hits you really hard. And I think as time goes on, you don't mourn in the same way that you did when it first happened. So just like grieving any loss, it's about feeling what you need to feel. But I, you know, I, I want to actually just start with saying grieving the loss is understanding that you're not going to feel the way you do day one, you know, three years later. And being okay with the fact that even if three years later I had a moment where I feel sad or it hits me again, that it's okay to actually feel that. Don't judge why you feel the way you do. Just allow yourself to feel it, the practices to feel it and not stay stuck there the practices to feel it and not be a victim. That's really where self-will or your willpower or what's the word that I want to say? Free will. There you go. That's where free will lives. We're in your ability to decide that I don't want to stay stuck here. I actually want to move on to something else because I have felt everything. It's kind of like when you've cried and you just completely exhausted yourself and you're like, oh my God, I actually can't even cry anymore. I'm so drained. My nose is stuffy. My eyes are puffy. You're not going to continue on because you've exerted all that out of you. And this is no different. Allow yourself to go through the motions. Know that this too shall pass. Know that you're not going to stay here forever. No one does. I don't care who the person is, the situation that they're in, time will move you on. You just want to make sure that in the time that you're actually grieving and rebuilding and going through this, that you're you're working on yourself, that you're you're learning how to take better care of yourself. When you can do all those things as you as time starts to move on, you will actually this is where you overcome. This is where you get better because you're not staying stuck in the same place. So guys, please, 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 if you are going through this process, I am telling you, have faith, trust that everything's going to be okay, really work on yourself. I know that this is really painful and it's probably, for me, it was one of the hardest things that I've ever gone through in my life. And but you will get out on the other side. I did, and you will do the same as well. I hope this gave you some comfort. I hope it empowered you. I hope it soothed you in some way. And I hope that after today, you will start to rebuild your own life. You will get out of your comfort zone. You will do things that you know you should be doing to feel confident, to rebuild yourself, and to feel good again. And believe me, you will find love again, even though maybe today you can't even fathom possibly being in a relationship with anyone else. You will because honestly, you deserve it. 
So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Take care.